All right, guys, so we're back with part two. Uh, so, Johnny, let's just jump right back into it, man. Let's go. So, we, we just talked about uh, your and Kayla's story a little bit and your perspective on it and the proposal and uh, my dad pulling a gun on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've we've heard a lot of good stuff, man. But uh, one thing I've I was really excited to to hear from you about was uh, being a dad, and uh, what that journey's been like for you, and um, how much you've enjoyed it, and what what are your struggles, and you know whatever you want to share with us. So yeah, being a parent has been the hardest. Okay, I'm sorry. Can I can I back you up? Yeah. Can we like you guys? Plan to have Charlie, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you knew that it was a possibility that Kayla was going to get pregnant yes. at a certain time. Yeah, yeah, no, we were right? full, full steam ahead. So, let's start with the part where I messed up with, I'm sorry, Braylon, <laughs> that I didn't share, we shared Brant's story yes. on how we found out about Brant. Yeah. Tell me about the day that you heard, or you found out about Charlie. Okay. Did, did Kayla already know? Yes. Did she tell you? Yeah, so, to you? well... So you just plucked one of the stories. Sorry. So this Go ahead. no no this is good. Jump so this into is it. good. So this is the scratch off that changed my life. So um, we knew we were trying. Like we went on a cruise. Like the kind of I think the cruise was our first anniversary, like marriage anniversary. One year. Yeah. So we had been married for one year. We did we did a honeymoon, but it was a little bit more reserved. Like we went down to Miami. Um, had a great time down there. Don't get me wrong, but it was a little bit more reserved because we had just spent money on the wedding, which still one of the best times of my life. Like that, that most that, expensive time of your life. One of the most expensive times of my life for sure. But man, I wouldn't change anything. I, we it was a blast. Our 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 wedding was. I know everybody probably thinks that about their wedding, but I that was so much fun. Anyway, so we go on a honeymoon, come back. We decide like one year we're really gonna do it up because. At this point, like, we know we want to have at least a kid, mm-hmm. you know, or kids, whatever. So, we're going to plan to do that, but let's kind of have one more go. Never been on a cruise. Another thing, was a whole lot of fun. Um, so, we knew at that point we were actively trying to have a kid. Didn't you hear all the stories, like, how long is it going to take? You get off birth control. Does it happen instantaneously? Does it take years like everybody's story is slightly different um i i I, w- I was told by my dad that uh i did it wrong i hit the nail on the head damn near the first time <laughs> and uh after we had kind of started and and she did get pregnant but so 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 pretty much first, i don't know ex- first, first roughly the first weekend of y'all trying so i heard uh a rumor that uh the army came Knocking at your door for you to come be a sniper because <laughs> of how goddamn happy you are. Yeah, that it felt that way, right? So it was weird though because I don't remember exactly what the, like the time frame. Again, I tell you, I'm telling all these stories and I'm trying to be as accurate as I possibly can. I know eventually you're gonna have your sister on here, so maybe she can clean it up a little bit. Oh, she's um, next. Yes, well, she can clean it up a little bit and maybe even tell some of her sides of some of these stories. But so we. I come home, like, one day, like, after work, and I walk into the bathroom, right, as I normally do when I get home from work. <laughs> I look at the, uh, I don't know if it was on the sink or on the tub, I see a pregnancy test. I'm like, well, she hasn't said anything, right? <laughs> like, when I say again instantaneous, like, I, it wasn't like she, like, we, and moved on. Like, it was uh, within a couple months, though. Because mm-hmm. you always kind of hear, like, well, once they get on birth control, it's going to take a little while, if, right. you know, for the body to regulate. It didn't go through that process, but it did take a little bit. So, like, she wasn't, like, mentioning anything about, like, she might be late, or so I'm not really expecting it. So I walk into the bathroom, find a pregnant. I don't even look at it. I don't know how to read them. I, like, I know it tells you on it, like, two lines <laughs> is this. I don't know if it's a plus sign. But I didn't even look at it. I'm like, what is this? And it's like, oh... It's a pregnancy test. I'm like, are you pregnant? She's like, no, it's negative. I'm like, so I look at it and I do understand a little bit. I'm like, okay. Don't really think anything of it. Well, <laughs> like two two weeks later, again, sorry if my timeline's not accurate. Um, She'll forgive you. I th- maybe our anniversary. No, that can't be right. 
something's coming up to where she would have been giving me a gift. Maybe it's... Well, I got married in May. Yeah, but we... I think so we did So that was there. around the time you went on the cruise, I think right? we went on the cruise maybe the month before. I think okay. the April cruise. So it could have been. could have been an anniversary. And she gives me this card. And she's like, I want you to go ahead and open it. I'm like, again, I'm not a planner. I haven't even bought anything yet. Like, <laughs> if it's for an anniversary. And excuse me again if I'm not being accurate here. But I'm like, okay. So I open this thing up. And, and I still have the card. And, and I probably should have looked at it before I tell the story. But it was like... The only like the only thing that's gonna make me happier than you being a great husband, and it just said scratch here. What the fuck is that? Scratch it off, and as soon as I scratch it off, it's like you being a dad. <laughs> I'm like looking at it. Takes you a second. I kind of look up at her. <laughs> I gotta read it again because I'm I'm sure I didn't read it right. And I don't I don't even say anything. Like I kind of just like melt into the couch. And she's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm." More than okay. Like, I'm overwhelmed with emotion right now. So, yeah, that was the scratch-off that changed my life. I don't play scratch-offs or even the lottery for that matter, but I won that day. <laughs> I definitely won that day. Um, so, to skip ahead, so back to the question that you originally asked, like, what's being a dad been like? It's hard to really sum up, man. Like, I, Charlie's two and a half now. I feel like I'm still learning every day. Oh. Like... Uh, I see you guys, you and Cheyenne, with two kids. I don't even know how you do it. Like, I don't you know. know we're, we're, we're maybe planning on. We'll see where that goes. But, like, I, I just, like, I don't feel qualified most days. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, I, <laughs> that little girl, too, man, like, she melts my heart. Like, I, I. She, she, I, I want to say, Charlie is the, like, I hate to say it this way. But I'm going to say something and then I'm going to explain what I mean. She's the most two-faced child I've ever <laughs> seen in my, met in my life. Because around y'all, she is her full authentic self. Yes. She is wild and, um, for lack of a better term, balls to the wall. Yeah. Like I'm, she, she runs things. Yep. She's loud. She's yep. crazy. And she gets what she wants. Absolutely. Right? But then when she comes over here, and the second y'all leave... After dropping her off, she is so calm. Yeah. The quietest, it, calmest. It gives me hope for starting school. Kill. Like, it gives me some hope for starting school that maybe she will listen. But, yeah, at home, she kind of... I, I think she'll I think she do good in school. Yeah, she, the inmates run the asylum, at least with me. <laughs> Kayla, Kayla's... Kayla's... She'll probably disagree, but she's way more qualified than I... So, so than I think I ever will be. Here, here's, here's my question, because I think in every... Um, parenthood between the husband and Uh wife there's always a strict one and Uh there's always the lenient one the one who's sneaking the cookies or the one who's taking the cookies I'm giving the cookies Kayla's definitely taking the cookies (laughs) I I won't even hesitate I like the analogy yeah I I won't even hesitate like (laughs) oh yeah you can have some of this ice cream it's fine (laughs) like so if you would have asked 18 year old Johnny 25 year old Johnny I think that yeah that, that still adds up I'm 31 now so um. Oh. Yeah. Keep keep bringing that up. I gotta do it before you do. Um. So, all I ever wanted was a son. Like, I gotta have a son. I want a son, and uh, I would have been like I would be content. And then, you know, we do we we find or I find out Kayla's pregnant. We do the gender reveal thing. No idea. And I, you know, we did the the soft toss baseball swing. And it happened so fast, like, I didn't even fully understand what happened. Like, I'm looking around, like, what color is it? And I looked down at the bat, and that's when I first finally realized it was pink. And I'm, like, at that moment, like, that moment, like, I'm going to be a girl dad. And, like, like that, like, so much emotion ran through me. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way at all, but it's never what I would have wanted from what I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. But now that I know what I know, boy, I wouldn't trade her for the world. She's awesome, dude. Yeah, I love her. She's like... Like I said, she is crazy. Like, yeah. y'all... Like, here, she's so calm, yeah, cool, she's, collected. She's a little dictator. Until y'all come back in this door yeah. and, to pick her up. When she when you guys walk in yeah. this living room, she then, then you guys see it as normal 
because she's acting the same way that she acts at home. But when y'all are not here, I'm telling you, she 90, 90% of the time, she is chill. You know, I've been home for a week now and dealing with all the kids around here for, for a week. And all week, you, yeah. you, I've heard her scream yeah. 10 times. Yeah. You know, and three of those times were when y'all came in the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, she is, she's incredible. And like I said, I just, I don't know. You say, wait, what's being a dad? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I feel like I most times have a grasp on it, but I'm doing the best that I think that I know how. I have a fantastic do you, support staff or support system around me. Oh, for sure. Do you, do you think that you uh, take after your parents in a lot of ways and, and how they raised you? Or are you implementing um, a lot of the kind of traditions and procedures and rules and just how the general environment that you grew up in do yeah, you feel I like mean, you're replicating that yeah i think so to a certain extent like I, at that point like i don't remember how it was when i was that young mm-hmm. but um do you think that's the path you're yeah you i mean headed down? i i i think so i think i want to have like oddly enough like anybody that's around <clears throat> you know myself and my parents long enough you either quickly learn to accept or you quickly learn to kind of be weirded out. Like, we are very open. Like, we're mm-hmm. an open family. Oh, like, yeah. there's not, to this day, like, I don't know that I could say anything on this podcast that my parents were like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, now did I tell them all when the stuff was happening? Probably not. But as, like, time grew on, like, I'm right. not ashamed. Like, yeah, I was raising hell in this area of my life that y'all <laughs> probably didn't know about. Somehow, like my dad is like a, a made man in the city of Jacksonville. You could, you could have Marcy testify to this. Like, you know how you always hear the stories. Of, well, you know, so and so saw you out doing something, and your parents are kind of like just fibbing, like to see what you're going to admit to. Like, no, my, that shit was for real. Like, my dad knows everybody somehow. Like, the the running joke for a while was he was the mayor of Windy Hill. Like, he knew everything that was happening, and so I, I just want, I want. To have an environment that is conducive to whoever Charlie decides to become, where she feels safe. She feels like she can be authentic. Right. She can be herself. And I will do my best to love whatever version of her that is. Now, there, of course, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta obey by some of these rules. And, but like, I don't see it being like a, a I just wasn't sheltered, so it's hard for me to even understand what it would be like to replicate that. Like, I listen to other perspectives, but right, I, I've seen the other side of it. Like, well, well, I think what's important for any parent and any child to for both them to, to both of them <laughs> to understand is, um, you know, as long as the environment is in that house is. Um, Loving, yeah. caring, yeah. And, and you're allowing your child to grow up uh, feeling like they, they don't have to hide anything sure. from you or themselves. That's a burden. Yeah. Really? So so Cheyenne has taught me a lot in this aspect, the last few months especially. Yeah. And we, we've really, really, really started changing the tide in how we yeah. parent. So, you know, when from the beginning we were, you know, I was gung-ho on capital punishment. Yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. You know, spank my children. And I'm not saying I don't spank them at this point, yeah. but um, you know we're we're really getting away you, from yelling. We're getting you away from spanking. Gotta take into consideration too, like we're, they have they have a. I mean, they're still really small, but they have a pit. Like they have understanding. Right. They have feelings right. that are causing them to act a certain way. So well, I we, do think you have to try to understand that. We are just trying, especially to, as they get older. At this point, we're trying to create an environment inside this household that, you know, they. That our kids are comfortable, yeah, and and that they they feel value, they feel, and, and again as heard they, as and, they grow into that age of I want to bring my friends here, like, right. This is a safe environment, right? And see when when you said that earlier about how like your parents would rather have you there, like I felt that yeah. in my soul because like yeah, absolutely, especially in the world today, yeah. Like I don't want my kids playing like, my yard. I, I know I can trust me, and I know I can trust me with other kids. But I don't know if I can trust those other kids' yeah. parents with my kid. And that it's a hard thing to understand and grasp unless you really know that other yeah. parent. Whoa. But, you know, it, it's it's a it's a tough 
decision to make, but it, it's, it, you know, of course you want your kids to be able to go do what they want to do. So if they want a time away from you, you have to consider that because that's their feelings and sure. how they're, they're perceiving things. But um, at the end of the day, you know, as long as, again, as long as you're creating an environment that's happy and healthy for that child and they, they can grow up and feel them feel like themselves, that's what's important. And, and it's not to say, like, I don't, like, not to go, like, we're not going completely in the other direction where, like, oh, I want to be their friend, not their parent. No, we're still their parent, but. Right. We're still, I'm yeah, still hard yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still well, going to be expectations. There's still going to be things you're going to have to live up to. But, you know, some of the stuff that was a hold up before maybe doesn't need to be as big of a deal as, right. as I thought it was. And, and that's what I'm learning a lot but, right But now. what's scary, and I don't want to get too far off on this topic, is, like, for what. I mean, you guys are going to get to it before, uh, before us with with um, Brant being a little bit older. Is like once it gets to like real elementary, real middle school, real high school, like you're not going to be able to ask your parents for advice of how because it's not the same for no. them now than it was even for you guys who are a little bit younger than me or or myself even. Yeah, like it is drastically different what these kids are going through on a daily basis than yeah, anything. Man. Like, social media was kind of becoming a thing as I was on my way out. So it was probably a little bit of a bigger part, maybe, of y'all's life through high school. But, like, Facebook kind of became a thing, like, as I was going to college. Like, oh, we actually will be able to keep in touch with each other because of this cool Facebook thing. And we see what that's become now. But, like, that's stuff they're growing up with. So right. you can't even, like, well, how did you deal with social media, Mom? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you were an adult, but <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, it's really going to have to figure this stuff out, which is, which is scary, but... I mean, it is what it is. It's going to be, you know, as our kids get older and growing up in this generation, it, it's, there's going to be new and different challenges yeah. that nobody's ever seen before. Yeah, I mean, you just can get advice. Strip, but... Strictly because of technology. And, and like you said, social media. and Like, dude, like my kids know Brant's in there in his bedroom right now playing Nintendo DS yeah. at four years old, and he can <laughs> right. play Mario better than I can. He turns the, the TV on and says YouTube and searches Mario, is, uh, you know, Bowser's Fury, and he watch, he'll watch. he sit here and watch videos all day. Like, man, we couldn't dream of that kind of bugs, stuff. We bugs, dude. We, I, remember, <laughs> I remember getting a, a PS1 and yeah. thinking that was the most advanced thing we'd ever we'll Nothing ever is see. ever going to get better than this. Yeah. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. <laughs> like, Life is never going to get better than it is right now. So it, it, it's amazing that like the this generation that's growing up right now, like our kids and, and the kids that are going to come after them. It's crazy to think it, it's the, They're in a whole different world than what we even grew so up like in. Our, our generation... I'd love myself in with you guys, but our generation of parent, like it's new challenges. Don't don't do that. We're not, we're not the same. <laughs> it's new challenges. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Moving on. So, I'm, I am the host now. <laughs> so really, man, that's that's pretty much all the questions I have for you. Um, I think we kind of covered all the bases, and uh, you know, we we are uh, we've covered you know your childhood and being a only child, baseball and. Uh, meeting Kayla and being a dad and you know a bunch of stuff in between but you know all the stuff that happened in between there's a lot of good stories there a lot of I'm sure a lot of <laughs> juicy good stories there so I had you send me a list of just titles to to your story so I had you title your own stories yeah. and send me it and you didn't disappoint I'll say that <laughs> you, you gave me what one two three four five six seven and we seven. stole one already We've okay, already told so, one. So we got yeah, six, we got six at stories. Least we, six yeah. stories we can go through right yeah. now. So let me ask you this: out of the list that you sent me, you know what you sent me. What is the number one that you want to tell? I'm gonna let you start, and after you're done, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna go through a list that I that I, I kind of am interested in. All right. So I think the story. Tell the title and then the, go the story right that is the wildest, and I'm gonna have to name drop at least one good buddy of ours. Um, Do it. Who is the culprit? It may be, like I said, if you grow this thing the right way and you do what you plan on doing, maybe he can come in and, and defend his honor one day. But not today. <laughs> not This is Johnny's version. I got to go back. Let me get back to the list here. This is yeah, Johnny's version. Right no, I got it right here. This is Johnny. So I titled this one, Almost Arrested at Sandalwood. <laughs> okay, that's kind of the one I'm saying. Yeah, well, and I kind of like started telling you this one briefly. So I, I knew I put it at the top of the list for, for good reason. Um... So, I, again, I was trying to think back. I remember who was there. I'm not going to name drop everybody. 
there's one person I have to name drop because he is the story, Can essentially. I, am I allowed to guess who that might be? You're going to probably know, but go ahead. Alan? Oh, yeah, it's Goodhart. <laughs> it's Goodhart. Um, so, so, as we do, so we have to be in the range, like we're high school age, um, I'm a little bit on the younger end, and I always was, really growing up with, with the original kind of sect of friends that I had, I was always kind of on the younger end, um, so, like, as I was, like, 14, 15, I was with people 16, 17, right, so they could drive, you kind of grew up with older siblings, so not, not far off, um, so one day, we're over at his house, and as teenage boys would do, we had a football, we decided, let's go up to Sandalwood, play some football. They got a whole football field, right? So we decide, we walk over. As most schools do. Beca- as most schools <laughs> do, but so we're, I don't want to give away anything here, but where his house is located, we're not very far from Sandalwood. There's the bridge that gets to the neighborhood behind his. We can walk a little bit, quarter mile, mile maybe. We're at Sandalwood. So we show up at Sandalwood, five or six of us. Football in hand, and we get kind of on campus, and you know those like ice things that you have like outside of like the convenience store. Like yeah, you yeah. buy ice, you send them out. Either it's locked, unlocked. You open it. Yeah, the, the door. The so ice there's chest. like three of them on Sandalwood's campus, full of ice, unlocked. What do six teenage boys decide to do? We're having freaking ice fights. Everybody gets a bag of ice. We're just chunking ice at each other. Chunking ice at each other. Dumbest stuff ever. Chunking ice at each other. That would hurt, too. It hurt. Terribly. <laughs> we never played a lick of football. <laughs> never played a lick of football. We get there, show up. Oh, there's ice. Let's raise hell because that's what Hellraisers do. So we're just throwing ice. Nothing crazy at this point. We kind of come around. We're done with that. We're like in the tennis court, so it's a little bit of a smaller. Like You can't run too far, so we're pegging each other with ice as dumb teenagers would do, and we kind of come around the corner, and I don't know what the case is now. I haven't been there in forever. At the time, though, there was a state trooper who lived on the campus of Sandalwood. <laughs> and un- I, don't, I don't know why, and maybe one day, like I said, he will be able to come on here and defend his honor. There is, by the pool, there is a bike rack with a bike on it. And Goodhart just goes to town on this thing. I'm talking about just beating the shit out of it. Just tearing this bike apart. We don't know whose bike it is. Kicking it. Just and... kicking it, breaking the seat off, taking pieces and throwing them into the pool. And about that time, we're in vision. <laughs> like, we can see the state trooper's house. He comes out. I don't know if he says something. What alarms us to the fact that he's getting in his car... And he's trying to come over to see what it is these hellions are raising on this campus on, I don't know if it was summer break, I don't, I don't remember. But, so now, we're like open, like school campus outside, state trooper obviously coming to try to talk to us, we just freaking book it. Running as fast as we can, one of the homies runs out of his shoes, he's running so fast, we gotta go back, pick the shoes up, toss him over the fence, I'm telling you. If the U.S. national team would have been there, we would have qualified for the Olympics that day. <laughs> we would have been running in the damn Olympics that day, the way we were moving. Like I said, we're all, we got to be 14 to 17, like that kind of age. We're all over the place. There might have only been like five, five or six. Either way, we like go, we run all the way, we go like to the field house. Like there's like a field house with all mm-hmm. the equipment, like where you have like the chalk and the, the tools to like keep... Everything go. We run in there. We're hiding in there, like just five, like five, six teenage boys just hiding in this little shed in this middle of this field, watching the state trooper like circle around. Like where the hell did these kids go? And we see like a just a moment of daylight where he's kind of on the backside of us. So if we run now and sprint, maybe we can get off campus, hop another fence, book it, hop the fence, like. Do all the dumb shit. Like, Goodhart knows somebody that kind of lives over there. We go to their house. Like, we kind of let the heat dry. Like, just calm down. Like, um, hang out there for a little while. 
to show you like the influence like TV has on young people like we do this stupid shit like we switch clothes like that's how <laughs> we're still the same description okay there's still five people the five shirts like, are still the same like, but we're all wearing Alan different shirts yeah shirts. like we're just we're just swapping we 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 start walking the freaking walk back because now we're way far away from his house like we've gone the complete opposite direction trying to run for freedom and uh come back yeah, we got kind of like back on his street, and uh, like <laughs> Susan, Alan's mom, was just looking at us like, "So what have y'all been up to?" Ah, <laughs> oh, just play some football, you know, up at up at uh, Sandalwood. Oh, really? Because there's cops been riding around looking, you know, for some people kind of fit y'all's descriptions. Like, I think it's time for me to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so we just get in the car and we go on, man, and dumbest shit ever. I mean, just the dumbest like possible thing. Why I don't know. Like I don't. We could have just went and played football. We could have just went and played Instead, football. Instead, you decided to Instead, play with ice. We played with ice, which I guess we would have got away with. And then, Goodheart just had to go destructo man. All right, Goodheart, the- be ready because <laughs> I, I I am curious to hear your side of the story. And he might tell a completely different version. <laughs> I'm getting old, so this is kind of all just I'm trying to pull from the hip here. <laughs> That's a great story. Well. I've almost been arrested once too, but we won't get into that. Didn't you um, tell that story? Did I? About the no, maybe not. I don't know if I did. No, maybe not. Um, I, I know, I know the story, but I thought so, you told on yours. But. So let's jump into uh, your your next story here, because this one, this the title of this one is "Never Going Back to Duluth, Georgia." <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I, I I'm I'm curious to know why someone would not like. I've never even heard of that that little city or town. And why would you not want to ever go back? All right. So, this is a late ad. So, I was I was listening out these stories, like, last night. You know when I sent the list to you? Mm-hmm. And I came up with, like, four or five real quick. Like, I was like, yeah, these are, these, are, these are gold, these are gold, these are gold. And I was like, well, none of these have anything to do with my wife. Like, I was like, I kind of want some of these stories. Like, if okay, you, I'm kind of glad I chose this one. Yeah, so if you if you call upon me... Like, I didn't know how deep we were going to go into the conversation about everything else, so I, I wouldn't have felt as bad now. But just not knowing where this was going to go, I was like, I would like some of these stories to maybe involve you. What's a crazy story of ours, or a funny story, kind of weird story, that you could tell? So, Duluth, Georgia, is this little podunk town. It Maybe like good. three. Yeah, it sounds every bit. It's it lives up to the name. It's like th- maybe three hours away. We're there for one reason, one reason alone. There's like a country kind of country-ish music festival. I'm a huge Corey Smith fan. I don't know if I'm allowed to name drop that on the podcast oh, this or not. Recent? This is not recent. This oh, was because okay. I know y'all just saw years Corey ago. Smith. We did just see Corey Smith. I've seen Corey Smith more times than I can count. Huge fan. So you went to Duluth just to see Corey, Corey Smith. Smith at this country music festival. At we festival is a very generous word for what this was. <laughs> so Duluth, Georgia, you have to like. Have you ever been to Gainesville? Yeah. So you know when you're going to Gainesville, like halfway through that trip, you're like, where in the hell are we going? <laughs> like you're going through these little towns, like back road in. Like, like you talking about on 301? Yeah, you just get to a point like, are we sure we know where we're going? <laughs> Duluth, Georgia is worse than that. Like, you go, like, the GPS is like, all right, then. Like, you got it. <laughs> like, once you get <laughs> you on the other side, yeah, once you get on the other side of this, I'll help you out again, but I don't know where the hell you're going. <laughs> like, if you've ever seen, I know you haven't, but if you ever watch a lot of scary movies, <laughs> like, if you've seen any of the wrong turn movies, the ride that we took went where wrong that wrong. movie was, yeah. <laughs> so we, like, Let's find, like, you know, we're in the country, I guess. I don't even know where the hell we're at. Let's go find maybe some barbecue. We go. We go to this little restaurant. Maybe they wanted to kill us. Maybe they didn't. (laughs) Food was good. All right, we're going to the Duluth Fairgrounds. That's where this festival is being held. And, again, festival being a... Just a a very, very friendly word to the city of Duluth. Um, It's next door... To the only thing that I can compare it to, and I don't remember exactly what it is. I was just actually trying to Google it to see what is in Duluth, Georgia. If you've ever been on the north side, riding down Heckshire, when that paper mill mm-hmm. is is just flowing that freaking 
dumpster juice smell mm-hmm. into the air, that's next door to the Duluth Fairgrounds. I don't remember what kind of mill it was, but it was a mill, and it smells like ass. It's terrible. So we're sitting out here, ass smell. And the thing about fairgrounds, you hear that word a lot, like, oh, we're going to the fairgrounds. Fairgrounds are very, very cool when there's a fair. <laughs> when there's no fair, what a fairground is, is an open-ass open field. field. It's got mud in it. It's raining all day. It's just a grass field, mud everywhere, paper mill smell coming from down the road. <laughs> I'm here to see Corey Smith. Just let me see Corey Smith. It, Make it freaking it. pours all day long. Alright, we're going to be in an hour delay. Once the lightning passes, we're going to come out. Cool. We sit there. We're soaking wet. There's not really anywhere to hide. Again, fairgrounds. They had like some of those like 10 by 10 canopies set up. Around. All those are blown over. I'm talking like tornado level rain. Like just tearing this fairground up. Finally, like two, three hours after it was supposed to start, like the first act comes on. As soon as the first act comes on, he plays like family tradition. By Hank Williams Jr. We're kind of feeling it, right? Hank, why do you drink? Hell yeah, like let's go. Pours down rain again. <laughs> Dude, it's like eleven o'clock at night. I gotta work the next day. <laughs> like we're having to start making decisions. Like we have not seen like any music. We've seen like five songs. We've been here since like four o'clock. I'm like, we gotta just go. Like I I, I wanna see Corey Smith as much. He never even played. Like, so if we would have stayed for the whole thing, he never even came out. Like, it ended up not ever, like, clearing up. We drive back at, like, 11 o'clock at night, back through the wrong turn scene. Like, right back through the country. Get home, like, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Wake up, go to work the next day. Never even begin to see Corey Smith. So, for that story and that story alone, I will never return to Duluth, <laughs> Georgia. Ever again. That's that's interesting. <laughs> it sounds like. Have you ever been to uh, uh, Wild Adventures in Georgia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's how I felt. We just went recently for Shannon's birthday. Yeah, and that's how I felt going up there. Like I went there as a kid, uh, years and years and years ago, at least fifteen yeah. years ago probably, and that's the first time I've been back. So, and driving up there, like I'm like, are we? Yeah, are, so are you sure we're going to the right place? It like, just kind of shows up in on the you. middle of nowhere. Because dude. even like so, even for the company I worked for before, it's now a camping world where I work now. Again, probably mm-hmm. should name drop, but like Lake Park, Georgia, is like an exit or two south of Valdosta. Like, there's a campground and stuff out there. Like, we used to go up there all the time and stay in there because they had cabins and we could get them free for work and stuff. But yeah, that that kind of just shows up on you out there. But yeah, Duluth, Georgia, I. I I don't know anything about the city of Duluth. Okay. Nothing against anybody. Yeah, that if you're from there. Duluth, Georgia, please subscribe to the podcast. This is like <laughs> one man's point of view. But this guy will never be going back to Duluth, Georgia, especially for a country music festival. <laughs> man, so it, it I, I I don't typically go to a lot of concerts. I wish I did, honestly. Um, but that sounds like a terrible time. Do you want to segue? Do you, can we segue into another concert story? Absolutely. Go for All right, it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to guide this one. So this is, as I titled for you, Robbie just got this Jeep and where are your glasses? This is going to tie a lot together. This is going to tie a lot together for you. All right. So I don't remember exactly when this was. Robbie would probably be able to tell this story a little bit better because he'd have a little bit of a better idea of when he actually got the Jeep. So, we decide that uh, somewhere along the lines, Kayla had gotten tickets to go see Carrie Underwood downtown. Um, And she was taking a couple of her friends. I'm not a huge uh, Carrie Underwood guy, so I I was not going to this particular show. I love live music, and and Carrie Underwood, she's fine, but... Not really something I want to go uh, sit through a couple hours and listen to her play music. So she takes a couple of her friends. Um, I will say, you, you kind of strike me as a big carry Well, fan, I'm sorry I gave off that vibe. So, but for the sake of the story, I, I don't know if we're supposed to name drop everybody, so I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, but the, the, the big part of it is, if you've ever been downtown Jacksonville, 
for kind of a big event going on in the arena, especially country concert. I've been down there for a few different country concerts. Um, there's always kind of the party outside of the party. Like you got the tailgate kind of happening out front. They got the cornhole board set up. They got the, the trailer set out there. Either there's maybe a live band doing cover songs or like a DJ kind of playing the music. They got food trucks. They got people serving beer. Um, so me and Robbie's, like the plan was they're kind of going to get loose. I think it might have been for like Kayla's birthday. Um, they don't need to be driving. So me and Robbie were like, well, we'll drop you off and then we'll pick you up. Well, <laughs> so the story kind of goes, like, me and Robbie get down there. Like, they kind of go into the concert. We drop them off. I'm like, this looks kind of like a good time, <laughs> right? So we're, we're walking around. They're playing music out front. There's food trucks, like, beer. Here we are, just two guys not going to the concert. No plans to go to the concert. Walking around drinking Fosters, which if you've ever seen anybody drink Fosters, as I'm drinking right now, it's kind of an obnoxious beer. It's a huge beer. It's kind of an obnoxious. Like, this is the normal size Foster. Mm-hmm. So we're just, like, double-fisting Fosters, walking around, getting kind of loose. Double-fisting Fosters. We ju- yeah, we just drop them <laughs> off. Like, we have no... Like, we know it's at least an opening act. we got a couple hours. My parents call. Like, hey, we're thinking about going to Dick's Wings. Free plug again. Y'all down. Kill these beers. Like... Yeah, <laughs> we're down to go to Dick Swings. We go, we drive across town, we go, we have a couple pitchers of beer. Robbie, uh, maybe a little less than me for the sake of the fact that he's driving in this story. I'm loose. I'm supposed to be the adult tonight. A DD, if you will, but I have a DD. I'm a DD with a DD <laughs> at this moment. So we uh, we decide uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just tying one on a little bit. Nothing crazy, but... I certainly shouldn't have been driving. He was in a little bit of a better state of mind than me. It gets about that time. Text message comes. Hey, it's about over. Come on back. All right, cool. Meet you down there. We get back downtown. Girls get into the Jeep. The majority of them are plastered. I'm talking about if I was drunk, they were drunk times two. So, I'm already, like, kind of in, like, this funny place of, like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, we, we, so, we start coming back home. Kayla's got a puke. We're coming over, like, so, if you've ever come from downtown, I know most people have. You come over, like, the university, like, on the Hartbridge Expressway. You come over, like, university, kind of where that, like, overpass kind of is. Which, like, you got to pull over. We pull over. <laughs> So she hadn't been in the car for five minutes. Maybe. And when I talk about the most ungraceful opening of a door into a concrete barrier, just right into the BAM! <laughs> and they're just all like, Robbie just got this cheap! <laughs> like, it's like brand new! Well, used, but brand new to him. Just so we get rid of all that, we get home, take care, you know, kind of get them to sleep, Kayla to bed, friends to sleep, take one friend back home. Um, and then like the next day, like wake up, everything's normal, like everything's good, a little bit of a hangover, whatever. Kayla can't find her glasses. I was like, well, I remember you getting into the car, you had your glasses. Like, where are your glasses? So like, I don't, I don't know. They must be in Robbie's Jeep. All right, cool. Call Robbie. Robbie answers the phone. Hey, buddy, looking for uh, looking for Kayla's glasses. Have you seen him in the Jeep? He's like, no, I hadn't really looked, though. I'll go look. He goes, he looks through the Jeep, gives us a text back, call back, whatever it was. Says, uh, her glasses aren't in the Jeep. I'm like, well, that's crazy, because I know for a fact she had them in the Jeep. They're not here, not in the Jeep. So, whatever, we're just, like, she had just, probably just gotten the glasses. I feel like they were fairly new. Like, whatever, it is what it is. We'll figure it out. They'll show up. So, like, a week or two later... We meet up with Robbie, and we go to a UNF basketball game. This is kind of when they were making their run, right? I think uh, they, they kind of went to, like, the tournament. Like, this is around that time, so UNF basketball is kind of hopping. Like, this is kind of the place to be. We go to the game or whatever, and we, like, go, and Robbie's like, I got something in the car for y'all, and it was unrelated. I don't even remember what it was. Maybe he was returning, so I don't know. And we, like, go, and... <laughs> 
So we open the back seat of the Jeep, and one of us just happens to, like, look over. And you know, like, on, like, the driver's seat, like, the headrest is, like, adjustable? Mm-hmm. And it has, like, the metal bars. The glasses are hanging on to the metal. Like, they have been wrapped around. They're just sitting there perfectly, <laughs> like, attached to the metal bar of the headrest, like, where nobody in their right mind would ever see. We just happen to, like, get a glimpse of them, like, ah, well, there's the glasses. Like, it's, like, this three-week ordeal. So, that yeah, that's, that's the story of... Uh, Robbie just got this cheese. At least she found them. Yeah, 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 yeah. At least she found and, them. And yeah, it was it was just funny because he's like, I looked everywhere. I'm like, under the seat, like in the back, like all this. Like, look on the seat. Yeah, it's like, it is what it is. Like I mean, who's gonna be mad? It was good night, whatever. It's like I had a customer man. I, I'm I'm not gonna say where I work, but <laughs> I'm working for a customer, and I was sweaty. It was hot in summer, so I took my glasses off and. I sat him like on the concrete, like at the end of the driveway at this guy's house, and I'm digging a hole and trying to get stuff done. Right. And like I had some tools, and then my glasses sitting all in the same spot. And towards the end, like when I'm all right, I'm ready to go. I go to pick up my glasses, and like one of the um, arms or whatever you call it, I don't even know what you call them, but I'm gonna call it an arm. I one know of the glasses. Arms, so. uh, You're was, the expert. Was, was was broken off. Okay. And I'm like the heck and yeah. I, the guy was just standing there right so he stepped on and, oh for sure he had <laughs> for to. sure hundred percent like there's no <laughs> doubt dude like they, like nothing else touched him all my tools are here mm-hmm. my glasses are here which mm-hmm. is about a foot apart right he was just over here and then I, I remember seeing him like stumble backwards <laughs> and I'm like wait did he step on my glasses like so did you did you happen to see what happened to my glasses and like hold on he's like Nope, not a clue. I'm like, dude, if you broke my glasses, we you live in Queens Harbor, man. Yeah, pay for my glasses, you, bro. You've got the $150 to replace them. I don't. Like, I had just started yeah. this job. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. I don't have the money here, bro. Wow. Dude. Oh, I was I was furious. And then, uh, yeah, it, it, it was bad. <laughs> Unreal. I'm, I'm going to let you uh, host the show again. Do we have time? Do we have time? For another story? We got time for probably one more. All right. Well, your choice. We we've eliminated. Let's go with um, fishing for dolphins. Let's let's good hear story. That. Fishing for good dolphins. Good story. This is gonna be calling out more of the homies. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So <laughs> fishing for dolphins. This uh, this is a Robbie story. Well, it's, it's a collective story, but Robbie is the uh, star of this cast. Um, I kind of picked this title knowing it would kind of hook you in. Okay. Because you're a fisherman, yeah. outdoorsman. Well, I like... You like, like to call, fish. I like you call would, myself a fisherman. You would fish more if you probably had the opportunity. I know it's something that you like to do. If I can get a sponsor for a boat from this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so I, I knew this title yeah, would, 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 would hook you in, for a lack of a better term. Good pun, good pun. So yeah, so... That's free. Um, this is not a fishing story whatsoever, in the sense that you there are no a... <laughs> there, there there are no real fish. However, there was a real fishing pole. Okay. This is a Jacksonville Jaguar versus Miami Dolphin story. Oh, I, I think I. <laughs> you probably know a little bit of this I know, story. I know but a little bit. I'm, of this I'm story. in my element a little bit now. I will say. Uh, uh, to, to pretext this story, if it's the story I think it is, this is a story that made me realize, like, no offense, Robbie, but <laughs> I, I used to think that uh, Robbie's not about it. Yeah. But this is yeah, the, we all learned that this, 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 this very day. This is the story that this I very day, Robbie's about. We it. all learned something about Robbie. Hey, we love you for it. Yeah, we, well, <laughs> <laughs> I the do. problem is, it, the problem is, just Jake, is that... <laughs> I catch a lot of flack for this story. I catch flack for starting it. <laughs> but here's my problem. Alright? And I'm very glad. I'm, again, these are all free plugs. I get we don't get sponsored by any of these people. But avid Jaguar fan. Been a season ticket holder longer than anybody should. With the homies. Holding down section for section in the stadium. And there's one thing that I'm very happy about this year. We lost the game to London again. You can feel bad about it. Whatever. We lost the Dolphins game. And for that, I am thankful. If we were going to lose any game is get those... Sorry for anybody that's a listener that's a Dolphins fan. Get those awful fans out of our stadium. 
Because it's nothing but a bunch of Dan Marino wearing, <laughs> like jersey wearing people living on to the glory days. And maybe I'm just a little bit bitter because I don't really have a whole lot of glory days as a Jaguar <laughs> fan. That son of a gun never even won a Super Bowl. And I'm talking about that is all they got. Like, they don't know anybody on the team, I don't think. It's just Dan Marino jerseys in the glory days of almost winning the Super Bowl and then back to the perfect team before I even existed. So these people just, I am just going back and forth with these Dolphin fans all day. Like, just all day long. Everyone that I encounter, like, Dan Marino jersey, like, I'm just making fun of you. Like, that's all you got? Like, what, what about your quarterback now? You know who the quarterback is now? Like, we're just talking crap all day. Well, of course, the, uh, the adult beverages have been flowing all day. I come into the game drunk. I leave the game drunk. That, that was just kind of how it was back then. I'd like to think that I'm a little bit better now, but only time will tell. Um, we'll see how this season goes. <laughs> um, so we're into the parking lot, and I am just jawing with people. Just normal stuff. We lost the game. Like so, I don't no, really, good I don't really have a lot of leg to stand on, but I'm still pointing out the same stuff I've been talking about. Like support this team. Like why are y'all damn readers? I'm just like whatever I can to to just rile these guys up, and apparently it worked. But I've been this way my whole life. I am kind of antagonistic to a point. Like I kind of get under your skin, and I move on. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't. I'm not really looking to fight. So much as I just kind of want to get you upset, let you stir in that a little bit, and I'm moving on. I did that very thing this day. I am just talking crap to these Dolphins fans. I then kind of go my own ways. They kind of go towards their vehicle. We're at our vehicle. About where we park, you don't just get in your car and leave. You can't. Mm-hmm. So we end up usually like post-tailgating, win or loss, because we're not going to just get into the car and sit in a line of traffic that's not going to move for 30 minutes. We might as well be drinking. Mm. That's fair, right? So we're drinking. I'm going over to... I'm in another group of friends at this point. For the record, the, the homies that we go to the games with is... More often than not, the four of us that sit together is myself, Goodheart, Robbie, and Sam. Well, Sam had his truck, I think, at this point. It's got a fishing pole in the back. Well, Robbie decides it would be a funny joke to pull the fishing pole out and go fishing for dolphins, <laughs> being the Dolphins fan. So he's just casting this freaking rod at them, talking all this crap. I don't even really, I'm kind of oblivious to what's happening at this point. Like I said, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm talking to some homies that I'm just meeting for the first time. Like, we're just having a good time. And next thing I know, I kind of have to stand up for this part. So hopefully you can still hear me. I'm watching Robbie as a grown-ass man and another grown-ass man on the other side start physically drawing lines in the sand of what not to cross next. Like, you won't cross this line. And the dude crosses the line. He's like, well, you won't cross this line. (laughs) The dude crosses the line. And finally the dude gets close to Robbie after he's done went fishing for him with the fishing pole, drew like six Yosemite Sam lines in the ground. The dude shoves Robbie. Robbie's got a tall boy yinglinger. I think it was a yingling. Again, apologies if I'm not accurate. It was a tall boy. Takes the tall boy and just smashes it into this dude's face. They're full on fisticuffs at this point. Like, I'm talking like headlocks just swinging on each other. I'm still kind of oblivious to what's happening. I'm not looking my backs towards it. I kind of understood that it was still going on. Like, eh, who fights at this stuff? Like, it's just all trash talk. I do this stuff every day of every week. Like, it's all good. And then I look back and, like, oh, no, they're, like, really going at it. And then, the, they're like, the Dolphins fans' buddies are, like, coming to, like, jump in, like, to try to get Robbie off of their dude. Robbie's throwing haymakers. My buddy Sam, like, hops off the tailgate. Like, he's got flip-flops on. He's done jacked up the toe, like, dragging it across, like, trying to make sure nobody gets to him. Good heart squaring off with somebody. So now at this point, like, well, these are the boys. So I run over. Like, this dude, like, looks at me. I look at him, like, what do you want to do? And he was like, I don't know. So I just, like, picked him up. I walked him back over to his car, sat him down. I'm like, are we good? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Just let me get my friends. Let me get my friends. It was melee in the parking lot after this damn Jaguar game. And forever ingrained as one of my favorite Robbie stories. Because uh, Robbie, like you said, he proved something to us. 
that day that we didn't know that he had in him. I think I think there comes a point in most men's life where like unless you grew up just everybody already yeah. knows you're about it. If you've never had to show that you're about yeah. it, like at some point in your life you're gonna as a man yeah. typically you have to show that. And that was, I think was, that was probably yeah. Robbie's day. Yeah, I mean, like, it was. It, it's not that y'all doubted him. It's just that y'all never really thought of it that way. And then Robbie was like, no, nah, look. It was also just never take really this, necessary. Look at this. I'm going to take this tall boy yeah. and smash it in your face. I mean, every bit of it into this dude's <laughs> face. So I I look forward to this thing growing and, and, and Alan and Robbie having an opportunity to come on here. So I know you're, you're buddies with them, too. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely want to hear to, both, to of, their hear, to to hear, both yeah. of those stories. Because I, I was a very, very... But somehow, like, you let Goodhart tell the story. You let Robbie tell the story. It always starts with, well, Johnny was talking trash to the <laughs> Dolphins fans. And I was. But I had washed my hands of it, and I had moved on. And you were making peace. You were I was friends. Not. I was talking to some other Jaguar fans. Like, I moved on. And next thing I know, I'm just seeing smack, like tall boy in the heads, and mm. and you like see the cartoons of like the smoke ball just rolling through the parking lot, and I'm just, it is what it is. Well, man, I am so thankful you came on here, and uh, this did was a this good time, me, man. I really appreciate it. For sure. We love you. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later, man. Thanks for listening.